This parable is probably one of those that's difficult to preach, especially when you're around businessmen, because it doesn't make sense. From the employer's or the landowner's point of view, how are you going to pay the guy who does one hour of work the same who did five hours of work? That doesn't make sense. And if you look at it from the employee's or the laborer's point of view, yeah, it is unfair if I work five hours and the guy next to me only worked one, but we get the same wage, that's not fair. And so to find or to look in the parable business practices or what would Jesus do if he were a business owner, you're looking for the wrong thing. The Bible or the parables are not a business manual. Maybe some things we can find, but certainly not here in this parable. And sometimes we get confounded looking at it, even the last sentence. The last will be first and the first will be last. Seems to be contradictory. Why is that? How does one apply this? Well, in the Jewish way of conveying a, mess, a, a, a lesson, which is what the parables are, the Jewish mode of doing this was to use irony, which we see plenty of it here, but also as a twist in order to send home the message. Again, Jesus wasn't giving a lecture on how to run a business in here. Jesus wasn't giving commentary on what the salary of somebody should be. No. He's commenting on something totally different and unrelated. And we can see the twist in a couple of phrases in here. Sometimes they get lost in translation. What really is the crux of the matter here is that God is free to do with his grace whatever he wants to. We are no one to limit him or direct him or instruct him or reclamarle. Nothing. No, just as the laborer or the, the, just as the landowner has his wealth, and he says it there, am I not free to do what I want with my money? I don't have to ask my employees permission of what to do with my money. I don't have to ask anyone else permission of what I pay someone. I do what I want with my money. So the Lord does with his wealth, we can say. And what is that wealth? Mercy. La misericordia. Grace. The blessing, those are what we can call the spiritual, but really the wealth of the Lord. For what does he give us? And if we look at the wealth or that wage in terms of grace, in terms of pardon, in terms of indulgence, is really the word I want to get to, then maybe it starts to make more sense. We take ourselves out of the kind of monetary trade that's there. If we look at it in terms of grace and that word indulgence, and we'll get to it in a minute, then yes, what we understand and what Jesus is trying to tell us is the Lord issues that grace and that mercy and that forgiveness as he wishes. And we are no one to come in and say, no, me first, that one no. Or no, you, you owe me more than him. God doesn't owe us anything. On the contrary, we're the ones who owe to him. And indulgence. What is that word? Indulgencia. We hear it. Well, it's a spiritually incorrect word probably now. Indulgence is an interesting word. It's lost in our spiritual vocabulary. Although those who might remember the original absolution formula when you go to confession or even before at mass had that word. Absolution, pardon, and indulgence. 
we asked the Lord. And the priest would say, absolution, pardon, and indulgence in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit I give to you. Indulgence is that kind of that credit that God gives to us for our sins, for our shortcomings, that we don't deserve, that we do not have a right or are entitled to receive, but he extends anyway because he can and because he wants. The classic example is always, well, maybe there's a child playing catch with his father in the backyard or with batting a ball, hits the ball and breaks the neighbor's window. And to teach the lesson on the child to be responsible, so you're going to go to the neighbor and you're going to apologize and you're going to offer the pay to fix that window. How much does it cost to fix a window? Well, in the 1920s, when they used this example, it was five bucks. Let's call it a hundred today. Obviously, the child does not have a hundred dollars. But he's got five bucks on him, his allowance. And the father says, you're going to give the five dollars to your neighbor, and I'm going to supply the 95. That's the indulgence. He had to pay something. There's no way he was going to make up for the entire thing. And so the generosity of the father pays for the 95, what's left in there. He will make up for it because he can, because he wants to. And that's where his wealth is going to be employed. He doesn't have to ask permission for anyone to do what he wants with his money. He doesn't have to justify it before anybody. And maybe the other brother says, well, why did you give him 95 and you only gave me five? The father doesn't need to explain that to his son either. And the son, the other brother or the other son cannot demand that from him. And so this is what we find ourselves here. Because the laborers are us. Some of us have been laboring for the Lord longer than others. Some of us showed up late to the game, too. And if we look at labor, not so much as what we do for God, but being called to serve God, being called to renew ourselves in the Lord, or to conversion, it's a different thing. Some of us converted earlier than others, yeah. And what is the payment? What is the reward? What are we converting for? That's salvation. The salvation that Lord offers us is not going to be greater to those who were faithful baptized Catholics from birth. And it's not going to be lesser to those who were just baptized later on in midlife. And it's not going to be lesser to the one who converted at the last minute on his deathbed. The salvation is the same to all three. And we are no one to say, oh no, me first, not that one who just showed up now. For isn't God free to do what he wants without mercy and salvation? And so when we think about this parable, it shows up several times a year. Let's not lose sight of really what is going on in here and what the real context is. The Lord is Lord in all senses of the word. And the Lord gives and he takes as he seems fit. And we are not in the position to question, to demand, or to order. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.